Welcome to the Power Moves Only podcast. My name is Claudia Neilshaw and I'm a marketing educator and strategist. Over the last 10 years, I've empowered women like you across the business world to step into the most confident version of themselves through coaching and marketing consulting. Too many women are hiding their incredible message and skills from the world. It's my job to uncover your genius and help you make your next power move. Because women like you change the world and the world needs more of that. I'm here to help you elevate your voice and create your own daughter opportunity. So, are you ready? Nikki Firth, welcome to the Power Moves Only podcast. How are you? Amazing, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I know. I'm really excited to have you um, on the podcast. Nikki, you run an accounting practice called Your Accounting Sanctuary, and you have this incredible approach to holistically teaching business owners how to build their businesses stress-free. How did you get into starting your own business? Where did that all begin? It wasn't actually something that I was always aiming for. I think I just naturally fell into it through being frustrated with the industry as it is. I've been an accountant for over 20 years, which probably makes me sound too old now. Um, But a lot of the accountants out there that I've met don't seem to have the want or the skill to teach their clients the numbers in real layman's terms to help them understand the terminology and what's actually going on in their business. Um, And I just found this was a huge gap in the market because so many people should have the education, not qualified education, but education around their numbers and what that means for their business going forward. And nobody was teaching them that. So I really wanted to help them understand it so that they can get their business growing in the best way possible. And how did the actual physical name, Your Accounting Sanctuary, come about? What's the philosophy behind the business that you really wanted to emanate through that brand name? I've always been a big fan of being calm. And from that, personally, I love a spa. I love to be relaxed. And I was just playing around with names. And I was so certain that I did not want my name to be the business name because stereotypically that's what accountancy practices do. It's all, you know, Firth and Sons or something like that. I wanted it to be completely different and I wanted people to feel that calm and relaxed before they even meet us. So your accounting sanctuary is just to build in that relaxed atmosphere to think, oh, yeah, that could be a place I really want to work with. I love that. And it was certainly one of the um, reasons I was first attracted to your business. And spoiler alert, Nikki is my accountant extraordinaire, as well as some other incredible women in business that I know. But Nikki, one of your big dreams when you started this business was to create that physical spa-like experience in your office. And you were able to do that at the beginning of last year. Tell me how that dream started, and then how it's actually manifested into this real-life experience. It really has been um, a dream that I never thought I would actually do in real life. It was just, oh, I wish I could do that, and I wish I could do that. You have all these ideas. And then I was lucky enough to be um, opened up to an opportunity to have an office space in an area that I really wanted to be. And I'm surrounded by people who are incredibly skilled at interior design and office space design. So 
Expo, I used my friend's knowledge to help me design a space that would feel relaxed and feel calm because although we want it for our clients as much as anybody, I wanted it for my team as well. I want to come to work and just feel incredibly calm and relaxed. I'm part of the welcome area now in this office, which was just such a beautiful goal to achieve, is sanctuary feel as soon as you walk in. There's bamboo, there's nice smells, there's um, a pot of tea on the boil ready for you to just relax and sit with sanctuary music for 10 minutes before you come and see us. And it's just so nice. Sometimes if I do feel a bit stressed, I will go sit in that area myself and think, hey, I'm just going to take 10 minutes in, as we call it now, the sanctuary. And just really take off alone. It's it's amazing. So much fun. And it's such a beautiful experience as a client as well, because numbers can be something that are extremely stressful, not just for business owners, but personally for people. And, you know, they say that... um financial matters are the number one cause of relationship breakdown, whether that's in a business partnership, whether that's in a personal relationship and being able to create this experience where, you know, your office is in uh, King Street Wharf in Sydney. It's is in the hustle and bustle, but then you come into your accounting sanctuary and you have that 10 minutes, you put your phone away, the herbal teas there, the oils are diffusing, the meditation music is on and you think, huh, I get to take some time for me. And I know that that is a philosophy that you really share with your clients and you really encourage them to have that because when you are building and scaling a business, you're often caught in that hamster wheel and that rat race of go, 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 go and burning out and not taking time, you know, to really nourish yourself. So for you, once people have that experience of, you know, having that 10 minutes in the sanctuary, Then they're coming with you to talk about their numbers. What is your approach to sharing often very technical information with your clients and potentially them not understanding it to the degree that you might? I think it is all about understanding the client themselves and how they need to hear the information. So part of the aim of having the 10 minutes at the beginning before the meeting in the sanctuary so that they're taking off the outside world. They've come in from a stressful place. They're thinking about something else, about the conversation they just had or how they left their employees in the office. And what we do is we say, no, forget about all that. Rest for 10 minutes so that then when they come to talk to us, it's almost like a blank canvas again. But understanding the client when we sit down to them, it's working out what their personality type is. So if they're a person that needs the detail, we'll go into the detail. But if they're a person who would glaze over after three things, we'll choose the three most important things to actually talk to them about at the time. And we have to build the terminology, I guess, and the technical into a conversation that they will understand. So we'll be talking about asset write-off, but rather using that terminology, it will be, so do you need to buy any equipment? Do we need to get that before the end of the financial year? If we do that, we could maybe save some tax. It's just putting it in a really simple term that they will then be able to simulate their business. They'll know what's going on um, because they'll be able to put it into real terms. And being able to speak their language and translate it into a way that they're going to understand, um, because I think particularly in um, technical industries, whether it's professional services or whatever your skill set is that you're then uh, sharing with a client, it's really about making sure that the client's getting 
what they need from the experience so that they can truly understand your value. And your value isn't just in the numbers. It's also in that holistic experience of what kind of business do you want to build? And I know you often talk about both the personal and the professional approach to the building your business. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I think as a business owner myself, you know that when you're a business owner, it's it's all or nothing. And your life becomes the business. As hard as we try and stay separate sometimes, it doesn't work. You don't switch off 100%. So whilst we try to build this amazing business and improve our lives and make all this money, which obviously is everybody's goal, you have to know that you're doing it for the right reasons for your personal life as well. Because if you're planning a family and planning a big home for yourself personally, but you're also trying to build this massive business and spending a thousand dollars a week in the business, those two goals aren't working in the same direction and it's going to collapse at some point. So you need to create a plan where they will actually work parallel to each other and not against each other. So I think it's super important to know what somebody's planning in their personal life for us to be able to set them the right goals, whether it's the amount of income they're going to take, the number of hours they're going to work, the number of staff they're going to need because they have personal life plans. And it's just bringing that all together. And it just makes it more interesting than talking about the numbers for everybody on the table. Absolutely. The numbers already exist, but the numbers need to support ultimately what you're trying to achieve in your business, which is personal and therefore translates to your personal life. Nikki, where do you see people go wrong in their first few years in business when it comes to the numbers? I think one of the biggest issues that we all face when we start a business is trying to afford everything. So we put on 20 different hats because we think we can do it and we can do it cheaper and we don't have to pay anyone. And I think whilst we can't pay for everything, everything, you have to choose what's the most important. So I would always say choose the skills that you know you need specifically in your business. And if you need support in that area, they're the people that you should be paying amongst everybody else because they're the ones that can bring the knowledge. They can help you grow faster. They'll make sure that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can use their expertise from previous experiences. And it just makes such a difference when you're trying to build your business. It's so much quicker and more efficient. But it can be scary sometimes, can't it, with really trying to understand, okay, if I'm only making X amount of money, but then I need to outlay more money than that to to really um, get that momentum going, it can be this dance of of really um, trying to figure out what to prioritise. In those early years of business, what do you think are the things that people should prioritise the most? I know I'm probably singing my own trumpet here, but finances are one of the biggest things because you said yourself it's the biggest argument creator, it's the biggest thing that's misunderstood in the business. And for me, it's the thing that tells the story. And it's, if you understand the numbers correctly, it stops you making the wrong decisions. It's, it's never a good thing if you don't know what your profit is, but you're going out and buying equipment because you think you should. So understanding those numbers, I think, is a massive priority. And then I guess it depends on what your business is. If it's something that's online and needs a lot of marketing expertise, 
it might be to bring on somebody like yourself who can help in that area so that the business owner can do what they do best in their skill set without having to do a different professional service that they just don't understand and they can't actually get any traction with because they don't know how to do it properly. And I know it's always a game as to balancing which expenses you can pay for and which you can't. Uh, but even if it's just in small amount to pay an expert to do something, even if it's just part time, then that would be better than just doing it yourself, I think. And I think being able to rely on people who are experts in their different spaces to teach you which levers to pull and when. And I know, you know, Nikki, we've worked together for many years now, but there are many conversations that we've had of saying like, okay, we're at this point in the business, which lever are we going to pull? Is it going to be the team lever? We need more capacity in this business. Is it going to be the marketing lead lever? Okay, we need to bring some more leads in. We need to build this profile. We need to get out there. Um, and I think one of the, the things you do discover is you can try to do everything at once and pull all the levers, but rarely will you get where you want to go because your attention is also diverted. Um, but what I've started to notice, which is really interesting, is those businesses who are kind of around the five-year mark and they've gone through those initial um, roller coaster stages of really building the business. They're pretty, you know, maybe at a pretty happy medium. And what they're realizing is what got them from A to B doesn't get them from B to C. <laughs> what do you see in your experience of those businesses who are probably like on their way to that perhaps that million dollar mark? What decisions? Or approaches do they need to have now that are a little bit different to that startup phase of maybe that three to five years? When we start a business, a lot of the income that we earn, no disrespect to anybody's skill, can mm. be luck. It's referral, it's luck, it's just you do a lot of things from blood, sweat, and tears, mm -hmm. and we 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 manage through mud to get to that first turnover target and it might be a million dollars and it's incredibly hard work and it's amazing that they get to that income but then you get to that point when the growth really starts to turn you need more capacity you need more revenue you need more income to be covering all your expenses and what I find is then when they reach that point they really have to have a structure in place so whether that's setting a budget for how much they should actually be spending on things, they should be looking at their margin on how much money they're making on each sale. How much capacity do they need? What turnover do they need to make before they hire somebody else? What return on investment are they getting on each member of the team? And it's all these kind of more detailed structure plans that they need to be making so that the growth can be more realistic more productive and it means that you can scale it a lot easier because you've got a set pattern that you can just keep repeating and if it's a good one there's no need to change it until you get to that next growth stage where you really have to look again because the things that helped us in the business in the first stages will not necessarily be good for the business as it grows you've, you've just got to move with the times and it can be really daunting because you think oh yeah five years in I know what I'm doing but now everything's changing again so it's it's an interesting roller coaster ride. And being adaptable to that. And I think also 
discovering that your mindset will be the thing that sets you apart. If you can figure out how to take care of your mind, body, spirit in the business um, and, you know, obviously in your personal life, it really allows you to prioritize the things that are most important. But what I would like to know from you, again, in your experience, our attitudes towards money can really play a big role in how we price ourselves, in how confident we are about taking things to market, how uh, happy we are to pay ourselves as the business owner and the founder a proper wage. What are some of the attitudes or even like money mindset that you see in business owners that trips them up sometimes? You've probably got two types of business owners. The one who always puts themselves last, make sure all the expenses and their team are paid first. And notoriously what will happen is there's always some other expense we need to pay. And the business owner ends up taking $1,000 a month something like that that's just mm-hmm. not representative of the job they're doing or the work that, that they're putting in. And over time, then, off the back of that, the business owner becomes disgruntled. They become tired. They start to think it's not worth it. And then some do actually then start to think about getting a job because it's just not bringing in the income that their dreams were telling them they would. On the other side of that, the business owners that you can see sometimes are the ones who put themselves first. All the money that goes into the business comes out to them. They don't leave a buffer in the business for the rainy day. They pay their suppliers late. They might pay their team late because as long as they've got their salary, that's the main thing. And I call them tap happy. So there'll be a cost machine somewhere and they'll tap. And they don't worry about what's in the bank account. They'll just tap. So there's (laughs) always those two extremes of business owners. And that obviously then, like I said, comes back to the money mindset. Are you a saver or are you a spender? Um, I won't say which I am out of those <laughs> two, but everybody is the other. Confess, Nikki, <laughs> confess. <laughs> oh, I'll be a happy medium. There we go. I'll right in the middle. But I think it's important to learn that the business and you are two separate things. So whilst it is important to make sure the owner is taking money for themselves so that they feel internally appreciated for the work yes. that they're doing even though it's your own business you also have to look after the business because that is your well-being and that's your future so you have to make sure it has its rainy day funds if that dreaded c-word covid taught us anything it's that you need a rainy day fund for when these things happen so it's it's a changing money mindset that people get as they go through the business we start off often where we're not taking a wage as the business grows we might take a decent salary. And then as it grows even bigger, it becomes a question of, well, what do I actually need as an income to maintain the standard of living that I want, which is what I would call lifestyle business? It is supporting your lifestyle. Or is it more that you really want to go gangbusters in the growth and you want to float it on the stock exchange? People have different goals and no goal is worse than another, but you have to know where your money mindset sits to know which direction you're flowing in. And if we understand what money mindset our clients have, we can hopefully kind of guide them in a bit of a straighter path if we feel that they're veering off a little bit. I love that idea of knowing their mindset, knowing their personality type and knowing their story. And 
I think someone who prioritizes that as as a business leader like you do has had experiences before where where that wasn't showcased. And I think you you spoke earlier to that, um, that you really wanted to change the face of what accounting looks like. But what I'd like to ask you is what do you want your legacy to be? Your your business legacy, what do you want to achieve in this business over the next five, ten years? What would what would make you really happy, both personally and professionally? Oh, the golden question. Um, I think for me, my vision has always been that I wanted to change the stereotype of accountants. It's upset me that people have this thought in their mind that an accountant is not someone you speak to. It's not someone who can offer proper advice. It's just somebody who will charge you a fortune. That is what I want to get away from. I want us to actually use the skills that we've been taught to help business owners because that's what the profession is meant to be. I think for the business, I would love it if it was just helping the small and medium-sized businesses in this country to really grow because it is small businesses that keep this economy going. And if we can be a part of that and help, as I said, change the mindset that people think, oh, yeah, well, I love going to my accountant. They tell me how the business is doing. They let me know how much money I can take going forward. It's fantastic. I want the business to be doing that and being known for that and bringing the calm with it rather than it just being a really intimidating experience for people, which I know in the past that has been the case. For me personally, I would love to have the freedom to actually get out there and try and help train some of the younger accountants. So to help them to talk to people in layman's terms, help them to explain the terminology without it being overly complicated and help these businesses grow. I think accountancy is all about relationships. And unfortunately, a lot of people, clients aren't getting that experience from their accountants. And if we can teach more of the graduates coming up how to talk to people because they only teach us the technical scale at the moment, then the world's going to be a better place. And I think there's a very compelling business case in that, in that people buy from people. Why would you Mm. not want to make the technical experts in finance relationship-focused accountants so they can translate that information? Um, And I think that's such a wonderful vision that you've got and one that you're really not far off. You're already doing it, um, which I just think is amazing alongside building your business. Nikki, I would love to know, we ask every guest at the end of the Power Moves Only episode about Power Move recently. And I wonder whether there was a Power Move that you would like to share with us that you felt pretty amazing making. I think one of the biggest power moves, or I've made two power moves actually that I can think of recently. One was probably the scariest thing, which was where we actually resigned from one of our largest clients. Mm. Um, They had a different mindset for business than we did. Um, They weren't really there for the relationship. They literally just wanted to tell us how it should be done and leave, which it's fine if that's the relationship they want, but it didn't suit us. So we made the decision to actually let that client go. And it's probably the best thing that we did because now we're actually open to taking on 
more clients who we can service better. And actually the clients that want the type of service from us, we just love working with them and it helps more businesses grow. So it actually gave us the capacity to do that. So that was one of our power moves. And I've always been scared of letting go of clients because, as you know, when you when you start a business, it's all about keeping the client and keeping the revenue. Um, I think the other power move that we made recently was um, to allow me to step into the role that I wanted to be in. So it's it's taken a long time because for me and the business, because I am traditionally an accountant, I'm used to doing the numbers. That's all I've ever done. But I've learned over the years and specifically since starting the business that my strength seems to be in the relationship and talking to people and strategy planning and sitting down with the client and talking through what their goals are and business development rather than being sat behind a computer doing the numbers so again that was quite scary but putting me in that role helps this business grow and the team are behind me now because they've seen the effect that that can have when I'm in the right position um, and they're getting much more responsibility off the back of that by me stepping out of the office. So it seems to be working all around so far. Congratulations. I think number one, really overcoming that fear and anxiety sometimes of what happens if I do say no to a client. And I think what we've all learned over the last few years is when you are doing work or you are working with people who you are not aligned with, you become resentful of your business. You become, you know, disenfranchised by why you got into it in the first place. And you can feel so free when you often lovingly say, thank you for the relationship that we've had. It's come to a natural end. And, you know, you, you both move on with your lives, whether that's in, you know, a client, client relationship, business partnership, personal partnership, um, it's really about saying, are we both getting what we want out of this experience? Um, and I just think that's amazing advice. And now you really stepping into that, um, to me, that that true influential role of being to, being able to go out to the market and say, I'm the expert in this space. I teach in this way. You can do business development. I think ultimately is what every founder and business owner is trying to do, get out of their business so they can work on the business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I think you've it's done fun. that so well. Thank you. Nikki, tell me where can people find you? So if there are women in business who are listening to this podcast, they want to connect with you, find out a little bit more about what you do, where can they find you? Uh, the best place to contact us is probably via our website. We have lots of contact us buttons all over the website, <laughs> which is www.youraccountingsanctuary.com.au. Um, or they can just email me directly. And all those links will be in the show notes. You can also connect with Nikki on LinkedIn at Nikki First. She's amazing. She shares amazing content um, and is always looking to connect with wonderful people. But Nikki Firth, it has been an absolute delight as always. Thanks for being the best accountant ever and being alongside me on this business journey and all the other in incredible women who are listening, who I know will want you by their side too. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You're so welcome. See you soon. 
This episode of the Power Moves Only podcast has been brought to you by the Power Moves Club, a membership for women in business who want to learn, grow, and connect together. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Thank you for being along this journey. I can't wait to bring you more. Have an amazing day.